The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And we are just a few weeks removed from Chris Jericho's rock and wrestling rager at C4 Leaf Clover. And what an amazing time it was. Uh, so much so that Five Alive uh, went on sale last Monday. And as I'm recording this podcast, it was, I think, six days prior. This is a Sunday. We are 85% sold out, which is amazing. We went out to sea this year on the four-leaf clover at a little bit over 77%. Uh, and I feel now we are finally getting back the momentum that we had after Cruise 1 leading into Part 2, which we sold out uh, very quickly. And then the Triple Whammy sold out basically during the pre-sale. And then, of course, we had to postpone the Triple Whammy because of COVID and the lockdown. Uh, we went out last year at about 70%, and uh, we had a great time. Uh, and then we went to start talking about the four-leaf clover, and we decided to postpone that one as well because there were still restrictions and all that sort of thing. So I feel that the four-leaf clover was so much fun, no more restrictions, no issues at all other than just having a great, great time that we have now regained the momentum that we had, like I said, going into Cruise 2 and Cruise 3 as we get ready for the 5 Alive. But the Four Leaf Clover is what we're talking about today. Just such such an amazing vibe. And I think we've really kind of hit the nail on the head of what we want to do with these cruises. And that, of course, is... I think people understand every single talent that's on board the cruise uh, is booked by me, whether it's the bands, the comedians... Um, all the wrestlers, all the legends, paranormal, vaudettes, all of that, you know, and we've talked about this before about how I had this kind of vision of what I wanted to do with the Jericho cruise and that I wanted to kind of make it a floating uh, podcast. The talk is Jericho, all the different things that you can hear and see on talk is Jericho is what you're going to get on the four leaf clover. And also too, I love doing things and, um, providing experiences that you're only going to see on the four leaf clover. Tony Khan books the matches after I kind of clear the talent that I want to use with him. Some guys don't want to go on the ship. Uh, you ask them and say, Hey, can we ever see, you know, uh, so-and-so on the ship? And a lot of guys just say, no, they, they, they're not into it. Uh, maybe they're not party guys. And also a lot of people think that they're just going to be besieged by crazed wrestling fans the whole time. And that's not the case as well. As you guys know, if you've been on, the ship it's very chill if you haven't been on the ship everyone's very respectful and obviously there's signings and uh photo opportunities and all that sort of thing but when those things aren't going on most of the time it's just people uh just walking around and having a good time so um what i did this year uh obviously if we just kick right into it of some of the moments you could only see on the jericho cruise i think jericho housing uh, was one of those uh, amazing examples i kind of did something similar last year with uh orange jericho where I dressed up like Orange Cassidy, and we had a match against Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs, which was a lot of fun. But this year's, I think, was even more ridiculous because I dressed up in the Danhausen makeup. If you saw my posts on Instagram or Twitter, uh, I got uh, Killa Kim Dilla, uh, who does a lot of my stage wear. She made an amazing cape, a Danhausen-esque cape, and on the back it said, very nice, very ocho. 
And so we worked against the uh, the guns, and it was great. We came out together to Danhausen's music, and Danhausen's lovely wife painted my face, which looked crazy. It was very, very well done and very quick. She was able to good paint it up very quickly, which was kind of cool. So we have the match against the guns. The guns beat us, and then um, they're celebrating like uh, they won the Super Bowl, and we curse them. Danhausen and I curse them, which they take a big bump as a result. And then as they're lying on their backs, we then manipulate them like puppet masters, have them get up. It's almost like uh, Dream Warriors, Nightmare on, uh, on Elm Street, where Freddy's making that guy move like he's a, like, a, like a human puppet. So we did that with the guns. We made them stand up. Then I was moving my hands up and down, and so was Dan Housen, which was causing their legs to walk towards us. And then we swiped their legs and put them in a double walls of Jericho, which was amazing. And then those evil bastards, Serpentico and Luther, the Chaos Project, came down and started beating us up. Then the Acclaimed made the save, but then the guns were back up, so the bad guys were beating the hell of the good guys until suddenly, hey Here comes uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan with the 2x4. He gets in, hits all the, uh, all the bad guys with the 2x4. Of course, then we do a five-way scissor with the Acclaimed. Danhausen, Jericho, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Wasn't sure if he even knew what the uh, scissor was. Uh, I had explained it to him kind of when we were in the ring. And then, of course, we finish off by having a big shout out. Tequila! Tequila! So, uh, yeah, you're not going to see that anywhere else other than the Jericho cruise. I thought that was great. Hacksaw loved it so much. He enjoyed himself. Had a great time uh, with that. As a matter of fact, we're going to end this show today with uh, a Talk is Jericho exclusive that you could only have heard the whole thing on the boat. Uh, but I, I took about 20 minutes of it with, with Hackshot, Jim Duggan, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, and IRS, Erwin R. Scheister, Mike Rotunda. Uh, and we're going to air about 20 minutes of that podcast because, yes, it's great to have the podcasts on the show. I did five of them this time. But uh, I want certain things you can only see on the cruise, like Jericho Housen, like the uh, WWF in the 80s podcast that we did. But I was going to play, like I said, about 20 minutes uh, of it for you later on. Uh, another great moment that you could only see on the cruise was Ryan Nemeth doing stand-up comedy. Uh, Swerve Strickland did a, a concert. Uh, Max Caster did a concert. Um, it was interesting because for the first time ever, on four cruises we got rained out one night so we had to postpone the wrestling which always takes place on the pool deck and we couldn't approach the island that we were supposed to great stirrup k uh, because the ocean had the swells were too big and too high about six to ten foot swells they settled at 12 uh, foot swells um and this was a port where you had to have almost like uh dinghies like long boats to, to take you from the from the cruise ship to the shore and it was too the waves were too dangerous and the weather was too bad so for the first time we couldn't actually go to a port so we had to stay out at sea and what we did as a result is we had swerve do a concert we had ryan doing the stand-up comedy uh, i did a, a special little q a hosted by brad williams which you will hear on talk is jericho upcoming and uh, we just made it a great time i think we, we ended up taking a negative and turning it into a positive as vince mcmahon used to say and um just had a great time on board the ship uh, instead of going on shore. But it was uh, one day where the weather was a little bit choppy and rocky, but the rest of it was amazing, great weather, great sunny, sunny days. So uh, another thing that we did, too, was the Jericho Cruise Oceanic Championship, which, of course, was won by Matt Cardona over Flip Gordon. Matt is already defending the, uh, the, the Jericho Cruise Oceanic Championship at Indies everywhere. And that was the idea. Uh, we created our own title belt that, that will be defended on the cruise every year. And whoever wins it the rest of the year, take it around and, and defend it. Which is funny because my partner, Mark Willis, and I spent a lot of money on the, uh, on the, on the Jericho Cruise Championship made by Dave Milliken, uh, who was on Talk is Jericho a few uh, months ago. And uh, <laughs> he was like, you can't just have Cardona keep it. I'm like, oh, no, he has to keep it. That's how it works. The champion keeps the belt. And obviously, if we have a falling out, he can use that belt and hold it hostage like Flair did with the NWA title when he went to WWE in 92. But I think we'll be okay. So Matt won that title and that championship. And that was a great moment, too, because we had an awesome tournament. It was Dante Martin versus, versus Cheeseburger, uh, Cardona versus Moose. And then it was Cardona versus Dante Martin. And then, of course, because Flip had won the initial Ring of Honor, Sea of Honor championship tournament on Cruise 1, 
He got a bye into the finals, and Matt came out on top. They had a great match, and I was watching from um, from my room, from from the suite that I'm at. I'm up top, kind of overlooking the entire pool deck, and I had no idea what they were going to do for the finish. I mean, obviously, I knew that Cardona uh, was going over because that's how I booked it, brother, but I didn't know what they were going to do, so there's a ref bump, and smart Mark Sterling's in there, and he bumps, and then uh, Hornswoggle comes running down with a referee jersey. He counts one, he counts two, and because Flip is on top, he gives Slip the finger and turns on Flip. Uh, and then uh, I believe he kicked Flip in the nuts or punched him in the nuts. And then Brad Williams came down, uh, and Brad Williams and Swoggle had a face-off. And then uh, Swoggle pushed Brad, and Brad kicked him in the stomach and gave him a stunner, which was amazing. Uh, and then, of course, the match continues on, and Matt Cardona wins. So, yeah, you're not going to see that uh, anywhere else than other than the Jericho Cruise. So we had a lot of that stuff, that, a lot of those types of matches, unique matches. Rocky Romero had a great match versus Yuya Uemura for the CMLL Welterweight Championship. So I'm going to maybe try and incorporate a more of a CMLL uh, element next year in some New Japan as well, as well as the great AEW matches uh, that we have. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So yeah, just uh, that, that was that was a lot of fun. It just it was seeing the guys getting a chance to just have fun with the matches, uh, house show matches, what we call them. You're still, you still take it ter- seriously, but there's a different mindset and a different uh, art form to it where you can go have some fun and do some kind of wacky, uh, you know, kind of hokey type stuff. I think Jake Hager and Eddie Kingston had one of the worst slash best matches I've ever seen in my life. That was total house show matches. But it gives the guys a chance to, to do that. It's like going on a loop back in the old days because now all of our matches are so high pressure because they're all on TV. And they have to be great at all times. These ones give you a chance to be great in a completely different way. So it was cool to see uh, those matches. Like I said, Jake Hager uh, was great. Eddie Kingston was great. Chaos Project had a lot of fun. Acclaimed had a lot of fun. Guns were awesome. Like I mentioned, you know, Ricky Starks and, and, and all the guys. Wardlow had a blast. The whole Jericho Appreciation Society had a blast, actually, too. Because that's another thing. A lot of signings that the guys did and... Everybody's just having a great time with all of the the guests that we had on board. So it was a really, really cool vibe from that aspect. Now, for me, it's a lot of work, but, you know, it's the Chris Jericho cruise. It's got my name, you know, on the on the bill. So I have to put in all the work. And I believe I did 19 appearances in different shows. I'm going to try and go through them all now. I did uh, the Four Talk is Jericho's, which was Dan Lambert uh, titled Time Machine. Uh, the 80s WWF days. I did uh, the Evolution of Heavy Metal with Rudy Sarzo, the guys from Raven, and PJ Farley from from Fozzie and Trickster. Uh, that's going to be heard here later. Uh, I did a, the Q&A when, when we had to go um, stay out at sea for an extra day. I did uh, the Anatomy of a Death Match with Cardona, Sabu, Luther, and Ruby Soho, which was really good. Uh, then I did the match, the Jericho Housen match. At six, then I did three Fozzie shows, the uh, Sail Away show, uh, and then we did uh, the covers set, which was amazing. Got to play Crazy Train with Rudy Sarzo from Quiet Riot, who was in Ozzy's band in the early 80s when they did Crazy Train with Randy Rhodes. So getting a chance to play with Rudy was like a dream come true, and Rudy's the greatest guy in the world, too, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, then we did the, the last Fozzie show, and then we did Quarantine, uh, my 80s Kiss cover band, which is always a blast, kind of a cruise exclusive unless we can kind of pick up any other gigs throughout the year at Kiss conventions, etc. cetera. Uh, then I had Are You Smarter Than Le Champion, which was uh, exactly what it sounds, a bunch of cruisers playing against me, and I brought up Ortiz and uh, brought up another cruiser to help. Uh, we got our butts kicked in that one, though. Then we played Family Feud with, with the team of myself, uh, my father, Ted Irvin, Red Cup Jeff, uh, and a couple of cruisers against Eddie Kingston and Jungle Boy and some cruisers. So that was a blast. Then I did the five-timer picture where I take pictures, sorry, the four-timer picture with people who have been on every single cruise 
which is great. And there's a whole gaggle of them that are five timers this time as well. Uh, then I did the Chris Jericho VIP experience where I do a Q&A and, and, uh, um, and take some pictures and sign some stuff for, for, and give out the exclusive Jericho Cruise title belts. Once again, made by Dave Milliken. You can only get them on the Jericho Cruise. And there's only 30 of them uh, in the entire world. Um, so there was that. And then I also had to do some promo for Five Alive for the, for the fifth cruise. Then I sang with Quiet Riot. I did Metal Health with them, which was amazing. I sang Born to be Wild with Raven, which is great. I sang Jukebox Hero with Guardians of the Jukebox, which was awesome. And then I did a family picture in the middle of the ring. Some of you guys might have seen me. So that's 19 appearances uh, and responsibilities that I had to do. And I enjoyed every single one of them. Man, it's hard, though, because, you know, you got to be up. And every time you leave that, that you know, we're upstairs. This place is called The Haven. It's a giant amazing kind of sweet there's a grand piano in it and all that other stuff but when when i'm not you know walking around and checking out everything and and, and just seeing how everybody's doing having fun and doing shows i just kind of sit up in the haven the haven's filled with all my friends and family as well so that place is always rocking so sometimes i just have to go into my room and just kind of lie down on the couch if i've got an hour to kill and just uh just kind of be um be by myself and kind of decompress and and you know that's kind of what you have to do when you are um on the go so much but once again it is my cruise and that's the way i designed it and that's the way i want it and that's the way it is and i like it so great great times on the four leaf clover and we'll continue uh coming up next talking about all the bands uh that we had on board do you want a beautiful lawn enter true green the easiest way to get a great lawn just water and mow and they'll do the rest weed control fertilization aeration and more True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. So part of um, what I love to do with the Rock and Wrestling Rager is obviously choose the bands. Fozzie's always going to be on it. Um, and that's basically because when I first came up with the idea for the Jericho Cruise, I was looking for like a big headlining band. Like, you know, I think at one point I thought like Alice Cooper, of course, Alice wants, you know, whatever it is that he wants, 400 grand or whatever. And the thing is, I have a budget and I also have to foot the talent budget for the cruise. Uh, so there's some bands I just can't afford. I remember I looked at Papa Roach and, and uh, Alter Bridge. And these bands are just like super expensive. And I was like, I can't afford this. So I'll just put it all on Fozzie. Because we weren't really getting a lot of offers from Rock Cruises. And we got the Kiss Cruise, which was great. That's where I got the idea for the Jericho Cruise. But I thought, well, I'll just headline my own cruise. If it does well, then we never have to worry about it again. We're the headliners on every cruise that we play because it's my cruise. And if it works, great. If it doesn't work, well, then, you know, I'll worry about that later. And I remember talking to Gene Simmons about it. And I was like, you know, I'm, he's like, well, who's going to headline? I said, Fozzie's going to headline. It's like, it's my cruise. And if it does well, well, then we've established ourselves as a headlining band on the Jericho cruise. And I always put on another band like, you know, Corey Taylor has been on before and, and Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons. Uh, last year was Striper. This year was Quiet Riot. Kind of have like a, another bigger band, but you know, the, the more cruises we do, I realize that most of the people that come to see bands want to see Fozzie. And Quarantine always fills it up. Uh, and then Guardians of the Jukebox, which is Rich Ward's uh, 80s cover band, which is, they're just amazing. And they don't do like, you know, we're not going to take it and, you know, talk dirty to me. They do Danger Zone and they do, uh, you know, My Prerogative and Like a Prayer uh, you know, the, those types of electric Avenue and get out of my dreams, get into my car, like those types of tunes. And they just did a tremendous shot. They, they packed the place when they played a uh, perfect band to kind of close out the night. Cause everybody likes hearing, you know, some rocking bands and then like, like hearing songs that they know. So that's why I always try and do, like I said, so I had quiet riot this year who did a great job. And Rudy Sarzo is back in the band and Rudy's one of my heroes as a bass player and also just a great guy. I've had the, the fortune of knowing him quite well for the last 10 years or so. 
So it was great to hang out with him and, like I mentioned, play with him, both for Bang Your Head and Crazy Train, which was a blast. And Quiet Rise is just a great party rock band, and that's all the vibes of the band. Sometimes people want to jump on the cruise, and if they're too heavy or, you know, too dancey, it doesn't really fit. I want rock and roll. That's what I want. Not thrash metal and not, you know, country music, although Mickey James did a show. Uh, she was great, so we had some country. Swerve and Max Castor did rap concerts, so there's a little bit of that as well. But the majority of it, it's Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rage at Sea with the emphasis on the rock. And I got some people saying, there's not enough variety of music on board. It's a rock and roll cruise. It always will be. So Quiet Riot fits that vibe. And then Raven, who are a little bit faster and heavier, but they're just outstanding. They were kind of, uh, a couple of years ago, had kick axe on. And then Raven was like the kick axe of the Four Leaf Clover, where people were like, who the hell are these guys? And obviously, Raven is one of the pioneers of, of, of British heavy metal. They were part of the new wave of British heavy metal. Their first tour across the States, Metallica opened for them and back in 1982 or 83, whatever it was. So these guys are lifers. They know exactly what to do. They were amazing showmen. And even if you don't know their music, you just love watching them play. And it was just the, the energy they have, the, the maniacal energy. Definitely they were a standout. And then I had Royal Bliss, who's toured with Fozzie before. They're kind of a radio band. I always like to have that radio band aspect, another great rock and roll band. Nocturnal Affair, uh, who've also toured with Fozzie. They were on board. We Are Wasted were on board. Both of those bands, kind of uh, younger bands, shall we say, just starting out. But, you know, going on the Jericho Cruise is a great place to make some fans. And let's be honest, have some fun, getting a chance to play. And even, even if you don't pack the place like Fozzie does, you still have decent crowds. Dave Swack Project had a great crowd the second night because uh, there's so many different places to play. There's the pool deck, which is the main stage. Then there is the uh, the Stardust Theater. That's where I do the, the talk is Jericho's, and that's where Max, Max Castor performed. Uh, and then there is the Spinnaker Lounge, which is kind of at the top. Um, we had some, some uh, I think, some comedy up there and stuff like that. So... And there's also the Atrium, which is where Quarantine plays. That's where Guardians of the Jukebox played. We've got the Magnum Room. That's where Speedy played. So there's a lot of different places, different sizes that you can that you can put bands in. So um, then we also had Frankie Kazarian's Gutter Candy. That was another thing. You know, I like having uh, wrestlers on, the guys and girls that have other skills. So you got to see Mickey James play. Uh, you got to see Frankie Kazarian's band play. They're a great band. Do a great cover, uh, a combination of originals and covers. Chris, which was the female Kiss cover band, makeup Kiss band that we had on board. Every year, I like to have a, a female tribute band. We started with the female ACDC band, Shoot to Thrill, uh, and then we did the female Kiss band this year, Pris. We did Guns N' Roses last year, Paradise Kitty. And in year two, we had the Queen, the Killer Queens, uh, I believe they were called. So I like having that element on board as well. We're looking at some really great female cover bands for Five Alive. So, yeah, you know, I wanted to make it a little bit more distinct when you play in the Jericho Cruise. There's only like maybe 10 bands or so on board. I hope I named them all as well. Um, so you get a chance to really see everybody. I know like Ship Rocked and Monsters of Rock, they'll have like 70 bands. Well, that's not my vibe because I've got so much stuff going on. I like to keep the amount of bands a little bit uh, smaller. Vaudettes, who are great. Of course, Eddie Guerrero's daughter, Shawl, is uh, one of the leaders of the Vaudettes. They're kind of like... Um, uh, a burlesque troupe. I always like I had um, the cherry bombs on year one, and the Vaudettes have been on the next the last three years. And I told them this year they'll have a job whenever I do a cruise. I want them on board because they bring something different. You know, once again, you got a bunch of different uh, hot looking girls and all different shapes and sizes just putting on these great dance routines. It adds some sex appeal. They did a great kind of uh, early morning Vaudettes workout where you could learn how to dance. Brad Williams went and checked that out, which was great. So it was really cool to see them. I remember seeing Shaw and just like, man, she's so good at what she does. You know, Eddie would kill me with some of these thoughts that I'm having about his daughter and how sexy she looks and all that sort of thing. Because they are a very uh, sexy, sexual dance troupe, you know. Um, it's burlesque. So if you like burlesque, you know what I'm talking about. So it was really, really cool for them. And, of course, Dave Schrader was back for the fourth year in a row. And he'll be back again on the Five Alive doing the Paranormal 60 where he tells ghost stories and, and, and plays clips of ghost appearances. He talked about the Queen Mary. I know about the, the haunted ship, the Queen Mary. Um, and my kids love that. And, and my nieces love that. And so it kind of brings something a little bit different. I always wanted to have the paranormal element of it as well, because I really, really enjoy uh, that aspect of things. 
and um, I think all of the the cruisers do as well because Dave's shows are always packed. Um, so that was really really great as well to have them on board too. So then of course the comedians Brad Williams is the director of laughs I call him because he's done such a great job. I think he's been on two or three of the cruises so far. I think I believe three maybe. And last year I just basically. Uh, gave him a raise and said, can you just book the comedians for me? Because he knows the, the comedians that are going to enjoy being there and understand just the coolness of it. And some of them are actually wrestling fans too. And just great, great people. Kate Quigley was back again this year. She's so hilarious. So much fun. I'm glad uh, last year was her first uh, gig back after the near-death experience that she, uh, that she, experienced, that she suffered. Uh, and so she was a little bit more tentative last year, but it was very healing, I think, for her to be on the Jericho Cruise. And she just tore it up this year. It was hilarious to have her back. Uh, Jeff Dye, who was uh, really good, and then Rod Schwarma. All of them were very, very funny. What we do is, like, we the Stardust Room, which is it, it's, it's a big theater. Like I said, that's where we do Talk is Jericho, and that's where Kiss plays on the Kiss Cruise when they're not doing the pool deck. So it is a very big room. These places were jam-packed for the comedy shows. Um, we'd have all four comedians go for about 20 minutes and do some material, 50 minutes, and it runs about an hour, and they're just packed. So next year, we might have to actually do night one or night two, and, and depending on what cabin you're in, you get to just, you get to go to just one of them because they're so jam-packed. So once again, it's a champagne problem to have because it shows that the people on the cruise are having so much fun because there are so many activities and shows and things to do and that's the way i designed it i wanted uh i wanted it to be almost where you can't get a chance to do everything that you want to do because there's so much to do and that's kind of how we 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 you know dictated it and it really is the case because you want to relax as well the pool is always packed the hot tub is always packed you know the the drink specials the different names of the drinks that people suggest and it really is just just a, a huge party with so much creativity going on, even for the presents that we give. This year we gave out a, a, a four-leaf clover flag. We gave out a four-leaf clover kind of tumbler that you might you know, put your coffee in when you go to work. We had uh, the uh, tote bags with four-leaf clover written on them. I know last year we had a deck of cards. Um, there's always been different you know, hoodies, and, and not hoodies, uh, uh, beanies and all that sort of thing. So you got to, you know, we always want to give people presents. I think there was a bit of the, a little bit of the bubbly last year, uh, this year for five alive next year, should I say for five alive, we're doing a Chris Jericho micro brawler, which was exclusively for the people that pre-ordered. So we always, you know, try and think of different knickknacks and gimmicks and things that people want to, uh, to have. Everyone gets a sail away photo. I believe, uh, everyone gets a, a picture of Jericho pretty much when you pre-order. So all of these things, um, I forgot that on my list of appearances too, so that makes 20 appearances. All of these things are um, designed, like I said, to make sure that, that everybody has the best time possible and to really make it the vacation of a lifetime. And that's not just a, a catchy phrase. That's what I go for every time. And, and that's why I put so much work into it all year round and then so much work into it while I'm actually on board because I really want everyone to have exactly what I say, which is the vacation of a lifetime um, we're going to be back uh, in a bit uh, to finish up here. And also, like I said, you're going to get to hear an exclusive uh, about 20 minutes of the great podcast I did with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, and IRS. And that's going to be at the end of this show. So we'll be back. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, talking about Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea, the Four Leaf Clover. One thing I really like is the sense of camaraderie that's on board. I noticed that when we did the Kiss Cruises, there's people that go on, you know, like we said, we've got people that, that have been on all five cruises now as of next year. 
and there's a little bit of a of a pride to that you know and that's why i take a picture with the every timers every year and you can even see some some rivalries going on between the, the people that have been on every time you know like we take the big group's picture and it's like oh they do this every time they always try and you know weasel their way into the front of the picture or whatever it is it's like oh you guys know each other so well after four years and now five years um there's people that i know there's people that made shirts of like the hot tub crew uh there's the drunk eyed drunk eyed canadians who uh come every year a bunch of wacky canadians that they make their own t-shirts and you know uh we have the deck wars where people who are on deck eight go up against people who are up in deck nine and deck ten so you do kind of see like this camaraderie and these factions that form um all throughout the the cruise, and I love that. I remember, I remember one year they had the twenty four seven title, where everyone would someone would, would be pinned every five seconds with the title on the cruise. I mean, I think my wife Jessica was the champion for a bit, so we should bring bring that back next year, you know. But I mean, that's something I really like the, the sense of community that we have, and a lot of characters. You see the same people every year. There's AW Jesus who's there. There's Gord who's always got the dreadlocks. Uh, there's Dez and Taryn who are there every year that you see. I mean, there's tons. I don't know everybody's name, but every time when I take my pictures, I see them like, oh, I recognize you again. Like crews of people, entire gangs of people that are coming on board just to have a great time. So that that's fun for me too. And sometimes actually I like just sitting up in the Haven, like I said, and looking out the giant picture window. And if you guys have been on the cruise, you know what I'm talking about behind the stage there's those windows. That's where I am if I'm not doing shows and just watch everything. Go, man, this is really cool that, um, you know, we were able to put all this together. This all came from from my 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 brain uh, after we did the Kiss Cruise. So I really appreciate that. And also, too, I, I went to the merch stand, which I liked, and my card didn't work. I bought a Red Cup Jeff shirt. I bought a quarantine shirt. And... I couldn't, my card didn't work to pay for it. And they were like, uh, uh, they're like, oh, you can just take us. Yeah, I'm, I'm the guy whose face is on the elevator. I'm sure you know where to find me for that money. But, you know, I, go to the, I, ne- I never got any merch. I didn't get any merch from the Four Leaf Clover. So if you have a hoodie or a T-shirt or whatever, you got more uh, more out of it than I did. So, um, but once again, it's it's just very, very cool to kind of see how all of that has come together and just kind of sit back and go, man, this is pretty, pretty cool. So, I think I tell a lot of stories about the actual cruise in the Q&A. I know we're going to talk about how we had to bring a team of designers on, graphic designers and um, like uh, physicists to figure out how to make sure that the ring doesn't move if the weather's really bad. So we have those kind of uh, ballasts, uh, cubes filled with water. I think there's about eight of them that weigh tons and tons and tons each. And, and the ring is constructed over those ballasts so that if the if the ship is moving um that ring will never never move so um once again just a great time really have built something cool up i'm glad that it is back in business again as far as just the momentum that we had because you got to think about it even though there's only been four now five cruises i've basically launched seven of them because two of them have to be postponed but all that is done now and it's just back to the good vibes and the actual fun it's great for me too because it's a time of year that all my family comes uh, from both sides um, and all the friends that you want to see so that's always a a great great honor a great blast as well and of course too there's always a lot of partying on the ship you know especially when I'm finished work I get to go watch a band I watch Quiet Riot I watch Guardians of Jukebox I watch Raven have some drinks go to the comedy show um, you know, just have a great time and, and, uh, you know, listen to tunes up in the Haven. There's always a giant party up there, you know, hanging out with John and Mark Gallagher from Raven and hanging out with, with Rudy Sarzo. Like I said, Christian Brady used to be in hell. Yeah. was filling in in quiet riot. So got a chance to hang out with him and, you know, just everybody's up there. You know, m- most of the wrestlers are up there and yeah, we really do have like a really great party at the end of every night. I remember the one night I had a portable speaker and it just wouldn't connect and it wouldn't work. And I got so angry and we were listening to the tragically hip that I basically just took the speaker and just pitched it over overboard. I couldn't take it anymore. It needs to go to the bottom of the ocean. And so somewhere at the bottom of the ocean, there's a bunch of uh, sharks and fish listening to uh blow at high dough and uh, (laughs) 
locked in the trunk of a car and vaccination scars and little bones, the highway girl, a lot of hip playing at the bottom of that ocean uh, for, for all the fish that are down there. So lots of other great stories and laughter and just good times. So uh, the bottom line is if you want to be a part of this, like I said, as we're recording now, we're 85% sold out, sold out so quickly. There are still cabins left, but not for long, uh, probably only the next week or so, maybe two weeks or so. So if you want to come join us, please do ChrisJerichoCruise.com. If you've bought your cabin already, you booked your cabin, we haven't even announced the lineup yet. And that's what I like, the fact that that this is sold so well just on the name, the Jericho Cruise, because people know they're going to have a great time. So it really is like the Super Bowl or, you know, WrestleMania or double or nothing, AEW, double or nothing. Like, you know what it's going to be, which is just a great show. And you don't even care about any matches or don't even care about who's on board. And I'm already working. I've got some stuff going on. We already have offers out to a bunch of people. Some people have already accepted. Some people have already uh, declined. Um, but it's you're in a pretty good position when you've sold out pretty much before you even go to the talent. So Because that's the one thing I never wanted to be was a promoter. And I'm a promoter. I have to say, well, he's uh, offer this guy, you know, X amount of dollars and offer that guy X amount of dollars and give this band that and give that band this. And every year when the cruise lineup comes out, people say who they signed up to see. But because we sold out so fast, all we had on board on, on the list was Chris Jericho and AEW. So, you know, they're going to be on there. <laughs> Both of us, AEW and Chris Jericho. Um, and of course, quarantine is going to be on and Fozzie, Paranormal 60, Guardians of the Jukebox, uh, Vaudettes. So those standards will be on there. Of course, uh, Red Cup Jeff will be on there, the the, the head bartender, uh, the uh, Goodwill Ambassador Teddy Irvin will be on board, Dave Spivak Project will be on board, so the, all the usual suspects, but who's going to be on board this year that's different from the last? Well, like I said, I'm working on that lineup right now as we speak and getting it all together. Um, you know, once again, every year we put on people that might not be as big stars as you think until the next few years, like remember Cruise 2, no one really knew MJF and Britt Baker, right? Cruise 3, Orange Cassidy, suddenly he's on board. And Wheeler Yuta's on board. And Ricky Starks is on board. And Will Hobbs is on board. This year, who is it going to be that's going to stand out as kind of the, the top new name? Action Andretti was on board. Top Flight was on board. Sammy Guevara and Danny Garcia. And, you know, name after name after name. Swerve Strickland. So who's going to be on next year? We will find out. But like I said, I promise you, it is going to be the vacation of a lifetime. If you're joining us for the first time, I'm super excited about that. If you're joining us for the fifth time, I'm super excited about that. And of course, anything and everything in between, we have a great history here. And I think we've got a great track record of people having an awesome time. And once again, that's what it's all about. So, you know, and, and I get all of this information every day on a daily basis. So I'm following every single number, every single demographic whatever it may be, um, I'm on it to make sure that, that you guys have the best time uh, that you could possibly have. And um, that's basically where we're at. So just to let you know, we have coming on board. This is great. 30% of our guests for the Five Alive are first-time cruisers and 12% are five-time cruisers. So that's great for business in the fact that we've got such a huge turnover of new people coming on board. You guys are going to have your socks blown off. And, of course, the uh, the OGs, 12% have been on board uh, every single cruise. So I thank you for that. We'll see you on the Five Live. Stay tuned for, uh, for uh, talent releases as far as who we're going to put on board, all that sort of announcements, and who the podcasts are going to be. And it's just crazy to think that we've still got – you know, 11 months to go before the next cruise. And we're still working on, I got off the ship, uh, still wearing my Danhausen makeup. And we were basically working on five alive, uh, this, from the moment the four leaf clover ended, we announced the five alive, uh, at the sail away show on the four leaf clover. So that's usually how it goes. We decide the next year, pretty much a few months before the, the, the actual cruise goes out. So you have all that information ready to go. So you want to keep it going and keep the ball rolling, keep people excited. And that's what we did. Um, and so, like I said, we're going to end it off now with about 20 minutes from uh, WWF in the 80s is what I called the podcast. It's Hacksaw Jim Duggan. It's Brutus the Barber Beefcake. And it's IRS Irwin R. Scheister, uh, Mike Rotunda. And um, I booked these three guys with the idea of doing this podcast. Originally, uh, Haku was going to be on board and then he dropped out. 
So then I think we put Beefcake on. But, you know, I like having that element. It's not just current wrestlers, but it's also some of the OGs as well. And um, we had a great time. Hacksaw was so hilarious, one of the stars of the show for sure. Of course, all three guys were great talkers, had great stories. Uh, we're going to talk about where they got their gimmicks from, how they got into the WWF uh, from working basically regional promotions. We had a great time. We had a full house. We had a lot of fun. So we're not going to air the whole show, though, because I want you guys to get exclusive content on board the Jericho Cruise. So just a, just a little taste of the uh, fun that we had with uh, three of the all-time greats. So enjoy the rest of this show, and uh, we'll see you on the Five Alive next year if you were quick enough to buy your cabin. And once again, if you haven't bought it yet, there are still about 15% of the cabins left, so join us if you can. All right, take it away. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, and IRS. <laughs> guys have been on the cruise before you know i always like to do the talk with jericho live which we're doing today always have some interesting themes and some interesting guests but tonight is a, is a good one for me i actually booked these guys with the idea of doing this podcast in mind uh we're going to be talking about the glory days of the uh wwf in the 1980s a little bit of a background how did you guys end up working for vince why don't you start off mike well, actually, uh, Barry Wyndham and I were tagged up down in Florida. And uh, we knew uh, Blackjack, Barry's dad, knew George Scott, who was the booker in the uh, first year of that WWF. So we were contacted by him, or Blackjack contacted him. We later were contacted and we went up and uh, here we go. We're on the road 300 days that year. How about you, Brutus? How did you get hooked up with uh, WDF? Oh, 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 Well, I was a kid out of high school, just a scrawny kid. I was a great baseball player, and I hooked up with Hogan and his boys working on the gym. And I worked out, and I worked out, man. And it's like they—they they did everything they could to discourage me. They—they they shit on me. They pissed on me. They did everything. They—they they just tried to run me off. They couldn't. They couldn't. Because I had a plan. I just wanted to do something with my life. And, and it came down to this time and Hogan's like, okay, brother. Want to brother? Brother. 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 What? Go, go on, be a wrestler? Are you, are you kidding me? And I went from a body weight of about 265, 270 to a body weight of, I mean, 165 to a body weight of 265. And Hogan was, about 250. He went to 325 with a 23-inch arm. Okay, and this is what happened when I asked Hacksaw Jim Duggan how he got his start in the WWF. Oh, that's some good hoeing. <laughs> everybody, everybody should start the day off with a good hoe. <laughs> WrestleMania series, and you know, for a while, 90% of the Hall of Fame guys came through Mid-South because it's such a great ter uh, territory. You learn how to wrestle, you wrestle nine times a week, you do individual interviews for every city, so you really learn your business. So WrestleMania 1 came, he came down and grabbed Junkyard Dog, Dog went up for WrestleMania 1. Well, that elevated me to the top babyface down in Mid-South, which was a good territory. WrestleMania 2 comes around, he comes down, he grabs my good buddy Jake Roberts. Jake was up to WrestleMania. I call him Slippery. Imagine that, huh? But anyway, Jake goes up for WrestleMania 2. Now I'm doing well in Mid-South. Jake called me, he goes, hey, Doug it. 
get up here to mid or up to WWF. This is the place to be. So I went up for WrestleMania three, you know. So DiBiase still down in mid south, and he's like, you know, I can't go up to WWF. It's Junkyard Dog, Jake the Snake, Hacksaw Doug, and I'm, I'm Ted DiBiase. He comes up, he gets the best gimmick of anybody. <laughs> But you talk about gimmicks because at the time it was all about gimmicks. Nobody ever had their real name or anything like that. So I would assume that Vince got audited or something and hated tax people at the time. And was like, watching it didn't so much mean as much being your real name when you could play that character because they wanted a trade market as well. But yeah, it was a heat-seeking missile uh, kind of uh, gimmick that I had. You know, I, I can recall two or three different times I'd meet real accountants like IRS guys and they go, oh, there you go. <laughs> they, they would always tell me, oh man, I wish I could call people tax cheats like that. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, and you know, and then WWE, we got tagged up, Ted and I, I was a crooked IRS guy, he's a crooked millionaire. I mean, now we're talking about real life. <laughs> How true to life. <laughs> How did Vince uh, pitch that character to you? Um, they basically said, yeah, you're going to be a crooked tax guy, you know? And they had me do a bunch of vignettes, and I'm reading these things, and I'm going, oh my God, they're going to kill me. You know, so, but yeah, it, it was fun. I, I actually enjoyed it. It was uh, probably my best character that I ever did, so I can't complain. I agree. I agree. Thank you. Yeah! Uh, one of the best gimmicks from that time frame is, of course, Brutus the Barber. Yeah. And by the way, Brutus Beefcake is one of the greatest 80s wrestling names to begin with. Yeah. And then you throw the barber in there and you just you go all the way to the next level. <laughs> so tell, tell us how that character was pitched and how did you play that? Oh, that, that character, I don't know, I can't, I can't go into that. <laughs> you know, I, I, when they put me in as Brutus Beefcake, Vince's wife thought that he'd Beefcake, and that's, so that's how it went. Hulk and Vince sat in the office, they go, what are we gonna do, what are we gonna and Hulk says, what about Brutus? What about Brutus Beefcake? And I'm, I'm sitting there, and I, and you know, this is, I've, I've been seven years, I've been killing myself in the world trying to get to this point in time. <laughs> and now, when I'm here, they're gonna call me Bruce Beefcake. <laughs> I did, but then it came to me. I was like, wait a minute. That's the name nobody can ever forget once you hear it. Exactly. And that, that, was, that was the deal, baby. Brutus Beefcake. People, what? Brutus Beefcake? Man, nobody can forget that. So that was, a, that was the gift right there. And it was just, you know, I, I had to get creative and then the barber shit stuff came along and so I, I, I had to get real creative because, I mean, that was a deal. Boom. Nobody's ever been a barber. There's never been a barber in our, our business. Right? <laughs> you know? And so it's like, okay, what can I do? All right. Well, every time I wrestle a guy, I'm going to put him to sleep. I'm going to cut his hair off. Sleep <laughs> That's definitely never happened in our business before. And it hadn't really happened since. And there was a lot of guys who were not happy after they got that haircut. My favorite thing but is I, you, I say thanks, thanks, thanks to them all. And they, you you they put the guy in the sleeper and he'd be out, you shave his head, and then all you had to do is just hit him here and he would wake up. And he'd realize he has no hair. No! Just that one forearm to the chest could wake up any guy that he put to sleep. Like that. <laughs>
All right, so you mentioned Hacksaw, that you were Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, but uh, did you have the 2x4, did you have the USA, did you have the hell? Oh, you know, that's a big thing about if you're going to be a gimmick, you want to pick the right gimmick, you know? I said, I know I wasn't going to be handsome Jimmy Duggan. That, that, that wasn't going to work right off the bat. But I did, I, I did start off as a big Jim Duggan, and that didn't work. So I wore a mask and I wrestled as a convict. And that didn't work. Fur with chains on. I was Wild Man Duggan, and that didn't work. <laughs> so I became Hacksaw Duggan. So out of four years, uh, about oh, wait. Uh, out of forty years, about thirty-five of them, I was Hacksaw. But the, the two by four, you know, back in the day, it was before sports entertainment. You think it's fake? You sign the waiver. You come up in the ring. We'll show you it's fake or not. You know, just walking out through the ring, the heels would walk, all walk out together, walking back and forth through the ring, the people would spit at you and punch you and kick you, you know? So, I mean, and they just have little string barricades, right? <laughs> so I'm out in, like, West Texas, sitting back in the dressing room, all covered with loogies and bruises, <laughs> rethinking my career choice, you know? <laughs> and Bruiser Brody comes in, Brody comes in, he goes, Duggan! And I think Brody, Brody. Brody comes in, he goes, Duggan, he says, if you carry something to the ring, carry something you can use. Forget those feather bows and sequin robes. So I'm sitting in this nasty old dressing room, like, well, here, here's a piece of wood. <laughs> and I came out yelling, waving that two by four. It was like part in the Red Sea. Then people scattered. I got to the ring, I'm like, this is great. Big splinter in my thumb, you know, big massive splinter. And I went, ho ho! It's a wrestling joke, come on! <laughs> so, you talked earlier, Mike, about you're on the road for 40 days, and, and but how, how did your lives change being in WWF after working regional territories for such a long time? It would seem that the, at the boom period, being on television, that probably things went really different for you after that. Well, one of the things that changed for me particularly, um, I had just gotten married. And a week later, I started with WWF. So the only time I got to really see my wife, my new bride, I'd have to bring her on the road with me, you know, and she, which she liked. She was born in California, so she liked going out there. She liked going to New York, Chicago, seeing, you know, the big cities. So that was a huge difference, and at the time we didn't have any kids yet, so she was able to travel with me, you know, and, and that was fun. We enjoyed that, and just pretty much the whole, the whole way your life was going changed, because that was pretty dominating. You know, the first year Barry and I were up there, we worked over 300 shows, 300 days, and a lot of times you do double shots you know, on the weekend, so I, I have no clue how many matches we put in. TVs, you do three or four matches, so it was, yeah, it, it, it changed a lot, you know, and, but, you know, it was a very exciting time because, you know, you wanted to be on Hogan's show, that for sure, because when you went to a building, no matter what size it was, it was sold out. So what you were saying, just so people understand, is you were getting paid a percentage of the gate. So if you're on Hulk's show right. and you're selling out, you know, the garden with 15,000 people, right. it's better than being on, you know, the, the Jake Roberts show in Syracuse in front of 2,000, right. for example. So, you know, it, and that's the way it worked. I mean, if you had to run with Hogan, you were going to make some serious money. And, but Barry and I worked with Sheik and Volkoff, which was really interesting, trust me. <laughs> because I remember one time we went to Boston, or we were in Buffalo, and they put Don Morocco, no, it was, uh, Don Morocco was on the heel team with uh, Nikolai, and we had George Steele as a partner. Woo! So Nikolai goes in the ring with Sheik and Volkov in uh, Morocco, and we're waiting, you know, to go out, and we look up in the ring, they, they're, uh, Sheik is doing his bit, Nikolai's singing the national anthem in Russian, 
Here comes about 50 raw eggs. That whole ring was covered with eggshells and yolks and and so they basically just took a, one of those big brooms, started sweeping sweeping the stuff out to the floor in our music kit. <laughs> we go, we have our match, and we come back, and Morocco told the agent, I think it was Strongbow on the show, Chief J. Strongbow. Woo! He said, he said, if I gotta work with those guys, I want hazard pay. <laughs> but yeah, we had a lot of fun, too. It was interesting with Sheep and Volkov, so. Oh, I'm sure. Just trying to listen to them speak English. <laughs> uh, they were a trip. Especially Sheep. Oh, yeah. I got, I got plenty of stories with that guy, and it always comes out bad. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Jim, when you first started going on the road? I don't know. Who is the Sheep? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chris, very much, but yeah. And I got that shot to Jake earlier, too, 2,000 people. And I'll tell him, I'll tell him, I'll tell him. No, but of course, it's the bus that will live in infamy, me and the Sheik in Pearl Harbor. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, but the, the biggest change for me from coming out of uh, Mid-South territory, which we no. work a lot in Mid-South, but you drive like 3,000 miles a week was a lot of driving, but you would know the towns. You come up to New York to WWF, they give you a stack of tickets and say, oh, be at the LA Arena at 6 o'clock, and then be in Boston at 6 o'clock. And I'm thinking, how do you get there? You know, <laughs> with Philly Spectrum, I could never get to it. I drive by it this way. <laughs> I could never get there. Now, always wait. The agents would always be mad. But that was a big transition to, uh, to come and find buildings like that. But also, as we were talking to WWF, it was before contracts. If you didn't wrestle, you didn't get paid. If you wrestled, you got paid. So if you were part of an angle, you wanted to work as much as you could, that's for sure. Well, and that's the thing too, like I think when you guys are talking about 300 days a year, that's not exaggeration. And you know, when we were in WCW, it was still 22 days a month. Now we work basically once a week, which is a completely different uh, era as the business always changes. But how does your body hold up, Brutus, when you're doing, you know, 300 uh, shows a year, and if you don't work, you don't get paid. So you're obviously having to, you know, tough through, tough it through if you're hurt or whatever it may be. Well, I was a guy that I trained uh, like a savage for getting into the business and, and the beginning of the business, and at that starting point, and that's all we did was 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 train, 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 and so. You know, it, it, was a, it, was, it was all about staying in shape and being, being ready for what we had to do. And, and when, when I was going through those first couple of years, Greg and I uh, were tagged up. And, and, Greg Valentine. And, and, as heels. The dream team. We had, we had matches. There'd be so many fights in the crowd because people would start cheering for us. We just went in there and beat everybody up. We just yeah. beat everybody up. And the, 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 the baby, and the crowds got mad. The babies are crying. Oh, they beat us up. And it was just, it, it was, it got crazy. We got to go outside the ring and just wait. Okay. All right. All right. Are you got rights done? Okay. Let's start the match. Go back in the ring and just keep going with the matches and stuff. And then just being with Greg, I, that was. It was a tremendous, uh, for me, it was a tremendous learning experience. I enjoyed it. Being a heel was the most fun that I ever, ever, ever had. And I'll never forget those days. I, I think, and, and it's just, it's my belief is that when you establish yourself as a heel, that people really hate they are mad, they want to kill you, they hate you. Talking about the boys? When you, when you become a baby face, that, that, that all changes. And then all of a sudden, bam, they love you to death. And that was just a taste of what Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea has to offer. It's always a great time. The vacation 
of a lifetime. Remember, Five Alive is over 85% sold out, so book your cabin now at ChrisJerichoCruise.com if you want to join us next January on the Five Alive. And why wouldn't you want to join us? We're going from Miami to Cozumel, Mexico, January 26th to the 30th. Hope to see you on the ship. Once again, there's only six levels of cabins left out of 16, so we are getting down to the nitty-gritty. Only about 140 cabins left or so. Uh, and they're going fast, selling dozens every day. So go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com and join us. And thank you for listening to Talk is Jericho. Give us a follow and leave us a rating and review wherever you get and listen to your podcasts. We'll see you on Friday. And in the meantime and in between time, peace, love, and a big yeah, boy. We'll see you on the Five Alive. Rock and Wrestling Rage Red Sea. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.